Chevy Equinox with forward collision alert, automatic emergency braking, and available all-wheel drive. It's my ultimate mobile device. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule a test drive. Chevy Equinox. It's your choice. Own it. 857-557-4LU. You were taking a call. Did you hear I made paint, uh, waffles last? I was going to say, I mean, we make waffles every morning Oh, here my gosh. I, we, Egg, but we, they're ego. We so here's the thing. Well, no, those aren't. <laughs> I that's can make not those. making waffles. That's toasting frozen things, which I used to love. Eggo waffles. So good though. Yeah, you like Dave? Do you like the waffle? Yes, I do. You have to make some for us now. Andy, you like a waffle? I love a good waffle. Okay, so I have a waffle maker that you you know you hardly ever use a waffle maker, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Lindsay says never, and it's it 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 makes four individual. Pretty good size waffles. Okay. Now I have a little, I use the Costco pancake mix that I then, you know, add a little water to, but then I also add a little vanilla extract. Oh, good stuff. To it. Just to add a little, little something special there. Right. That would be a good flavor additive here. It really yeah. is. Let me tell you, vanilla extract is the yeah. like the go-to. What is this in there? And you just go, mm, I don't know. You know, you just don't tell something. people. A little something. A little yeah. something. It was made with love. <laughs> I made a pile. I mean, a pile. We had like probably, we had a brunch last Sunday, 20 people. And we. I also made uh, poached eggs. I have this. Do you like poached eggs? I like all um, eggs. You fan. are so no, but I have candy. the best poached I'll take egg. Any kind we, of I think egg. it was a Noodaloo oh. too. The silicone mm. poached egg cups. So the thing is, poached eggs. If you've ever made poached eggs, good morning, everybody. This is a home improvement show. <laughs> um, so, so uh, this is a funny thing too. So, uh, as an aside, you know, I've been going to physical therapy for my knee, and my two physical therapists are younger women, young moms who do not listen to the radio, which is not good for people that are on the radio. But so I've been going to these ladies for a while, and you know, you kind of get to know them a little bit, and they're like, well, what do you do? And I always just lead with, oh, we own a couple hardware stores. You know, I don't go like, well, you know, I'm on the radio. I don't do any of that, right? And But then, like, the one lady found out that I was on the radio because, <laughs> quite frankly, there's a lot of older people that come to physical therapy, <laughs> and somebody told on me. Right. And so then she's like, so it's a home improvement. She go, well, we talk about a lot of other things, too, <laughs> like waffles. So this is my point. My, well, the poached egg thing. Stay with me, everybody. Mm-hmm. They're the silicone like they're little cups. I'm holding my hands out like the mm-hmm. like the Allstate people. Mm-hmm. You take Pam, you spray it in the silicone cup. You break the egg in the silicone and you put the egg into the silicone thing. You take a. um a, a pan with about an inch of water, boiling water, and then you drop these silicone things into the boiling water and you cover for three and a half wow. minutes. Hmm. Poached eggs for a crowd. So you can fit eight of them in this pot. And then you go scoop, 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 and then you put another one in there. Because poached eggs normally, it's like one or two at a time, and that's it. It takes forever. Now, they're not the most beautiful poached eggs. You know how if you go really get a poached egg, it kind of, it's a little stringy and it has a beautiful, like I'm no chef, but they're delicious. I only eat stringy, beautiful poached eggs. Well, then you won't be eating any of mine. I'm just kidding. So, no, I'm um, interested in this anyway, contraption. Anyway, this is my point. I made all these poached eggs for a crowd and we even made gluten-free pancakes because we've got all these gluten-free people. And I made a, pi- a, a pile of... 
waffles that I thought, oh, I made way too many waffles. Like, we're never going to go through these waffles. By the time I went through the line to get the brunch, there were no waffles. Wow. So you and weren't able to sample you your know, own cooking then. I know. But out of nowhere, I don't know how this came out of our um, refrigerator, blueberry pancake syrup. Mm. Oh, that's Andy, great. Andy, do you remember that yeah. from IHOP? I used to make uh, concoctions, yeah, with my, my brother. Strawberry, yeah. boysenberry. Yeah. Boy. So I was like, that is like a thing of my childhood. Oh, I can yeah. remember going to the pancake house, the Paul Bunyan pancake house in the Wisconsin Dells, and they would have blueberry, like maple syrup or whatever yeah. it was. I had some a couple of weeks ago, in fact. Delicious, right? Yeah. Yeah. So good. Is everybody hungry now? Say, yes. Lights yes. Starting. out. <laughs> It was lights out. <laughs> it was so good. Okay, our word of the day, gentlemen and late. Well, lady, she knows. Uh, but our word of the day is there's no phonetic spelling, and now I'm going to fumble on this word. But you know this one kind of, right? I'm go- trying to go easier, but like in- interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Calamitous? Yeah. Calamitous. Calamitous. It's an adjective involving calamity, catastrophe, right. or disastrous. Kind of like the beginning of this show. <laughs> no. Like, no, I'm kidding. Uh, cal- okay. Calamitous. There you go. That's the word of the day, everybody. 857-557-4LU. 857-557-4568. We've got a lot to talk about today, but I really want to talk to you this morning, too. I'm trying to prevent the bird nesting that we've had previous in our other house. We had um, problems with the nesting, and it was just a mess, very dirty. And so I'm trying to think that maybe you know of something that can prevent it. Did they nest... um so is it a uh, automatic one, or what are you, what are you putting on? Automatic, retractable. Okay. And were they nesting around the frame that gets mounted to the house or under when it would tell me what they were doing? They would nest underneath the um, frame, like in the corners. Right. When it, so even, when, even, the, even, when, the, even when it was retracted? Yeah, yes. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> and is it, are you mounting it to a, and so the area, so when they mount this, um, <clears throat> when they, when they mount this new awning, is the house mm-hmm. sided or is it brick? Sided. Okay. So what they probably need to do is we need to, the, however the thing's getting mounted you're cre- there's probably some creation when the new bracket goes on against the siding that is giving them an opportunity to create some nest because there's some kind of ledge or something, right? Like, right, exactly. Can you imagine yes. what I'm talking about? So can they, yes. can they, prior to the installation, or include it too, can we take a piece mm-hmm. of aluminum, meaning that, you know, if you buy new windows or you get new siding, they'll wrap the windows in aluminum? Mm-hmm. Could we add an additional piece of trim somehow and then wrap that in aluminum so that it, it takes away the opportunity for the birds to nest? Like, like oh, I'm going to go back there. Oh, there, there's that awning again that, that Mary Ann's putting up. Brand new. Look at, hey, J- Jimmy, we're going to make our nest over here. We're going to raise a family right here. And, uh, and so yep. uh, if you take away the opportunity for them to build on... By adding an additional strip somehow, that may be the trick. Well, because I know I've gone on Amazon and looked on, you know, online, and they've got um, bird netting 
and they have these. Yeah, but it just doesn't. Kongs. But it just doesn't look good. I, well, I understand. Neither neither does the nesting. No, so no, no. I understand. I'm I mean, just, certainly there are the spikes and things like that that you can do. But I think mm-hmm. that if you think about this prior to the installation, and you say, mm-hmm. you say to the installers, uh, or you know, have you already purchased the new awning? No, no, we're just getting estimates now. Do you love the retractable awning? Yes, we had one in our other house. Yeah, I think they're great. I, I, I don't know why more people don't use them because if you have them, if you have them set up in the right spot when the sun's there and you're out there, they're just lovely. Oh, they're great. Yeah, yeah, with the sun. Yeah, I really do like them. Okay, so when you're getting estimates, um, if they're coming out, then I want you to specifically speak with the people that are giving you the estimates. Say, this is my problem. What if we added another mm-hmm. piece of trim and wrapped it in aluminum so that, you know, when it gets installed, there's no place for them to nest? And they can say, oh, you know, that's a great idea, lady. Uh, we'll do that. Okay. And then it will, will just it will just look like it's part of... The frame of the awning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Do we have Marianne's information? Marianne, we're sending you out a House Smarts radio pin. Oh. For being our Good. first thank caller. You. Have-, you got- have a great day. Appreciate you calling this morning. 857 557 4 Lou. 857 557 4568 is our phone number. This morning's House Smarts radio program. My coffee is especially good this morning. You know, listen to me. You know, it's a good idea to know your name. You know how, like, if something happens, you get hit in the head and they go, what's your name? And then you go, Wanda. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. Actually, it's Julie, but whatever. (laughs) Cat, where did it go? Say that again. Cat. Cat. T-A-T, the amp spray. Where did it go off the shelf? I don't know. And you're, I think it, it is got, not anywhere. I think it got discontinued and, uh, we used to sell it at our stores and, um, um, I, um, I don't know. It's funny you say that we because to- <clears throat> you, it's funny you say that because I'll look into that because I noticed when I went to, uh, our store that it's no longer there and a lot of time this stuff gets discontinued or, you know, they change um, they change uh, suppliers. And it's a really good spray. But I I also think that, um, hold on, let me see what I, I'm looking now. Taft. Well, do you, you know what? I ordered some online and guess where it's coming from? Paris, France. Really? I could not find anything here in the States. Hmm. So it's with a company. So the company that makes it is a company called Unite. It's a, it's a, uh, no, it's a Spectrum brand product, which is French. Yeah, that's funny. Um, but it, uh, I got six hands coming. Yeah. I'll look into that. I think it's, I I think it might have been discontinued maybe in the U.S. I got to find out. It's been canceled. Uh, from the folks at yes, Ace, uh, but I don't know. It's a really good. It's a really good ant spray. I don't know. Okay, you need to find a replacement and let us know. <laughs> yes, Julie, not Wanda. <laughs> Thank you, Lou. <laughs> Have a good one. You too. <laughs> it's just hard to keep track. There's so many people. This is Wanda in Lockport. Wanda, good morning. Morning. Happy Father's Day. Oh well, thank you very much. I have a potentially calamitous situation I need your help with. 
Wait, hold on. I wasn't ready for you. I wasn't ready. Good job. Very good job. How may I help you? Uh, we have boiler heat in that uh, antique house we're renovating. I went down to drain the boiler last week, and the uh, vent duct on the back had black soot on the floor. Mm. It was just cleaned last fall. So what is that? Well, the black soot could mean that you need a liner. Um, how old is no. that? How old is that boiler? 2019. Right. So if they just, if they, and it's a brick chimney? Uh, this is the metal um, vent that comes no, off no, no, the no, back no. of it by the drain valve. No, I understand, but it's the metal vent. Yes. And then, then it goes into a brick chimney. Yes. So the thing is, is that 2019 boiler is so efficient that you could be getting some sooting because it's not venting properly, and a liner needs to be put into that chimney to basically hug the exhaust so they can come out of the house. And some that sooting can sometimes be caused by no liner. So what I would do okay. what I would do is contact like a Lindemann chimney. I just had them do a liner on a property I'm working on right now in Evanston. They did a great job. They can come and assess it. Um, and it's not about cleaning it, but it's about putting in a liner to make sure that this thing operates properly. And, you know, in, okay. in the realm of, you know, burning fossil fuels and making sure things are, th this is a potential um, carbon monoxide issue you don't want to mess with. Sounds like a plan, then. Lindemann Chimney Heating and Cooling can help you out with that. Thank you so much, uh, Wanda, for the phone call. Mm. I recently replaced the back windows with full view, and they work great. Actually, they're you're one of your... your recommendations on the windows okay so I appreciate that like that uh and i want to do the front windows and i'm and i heard that the grids have a lower efficiency is that true so you're talking you're talking stuff? about divided light right when you say grids in other words if i'm looking at the top window it's got little squares of glass and as opposed to one big feet piece of glass yes correct yeah okay all right, and uh, did you who whose whose windows did you put in the back? Gilkey. Okay, and so did you do the triple pane glass? Yes. Okay, and so with the grid, they're not. It's not a triple pane, correct? With the grid, uh, what they've well, they the rep told me that the grid just lowers the performance. I just wanted to make a decision. Do I go with full view on the whole house or right. do, grids, so so I I believe and I don't know this for a fact but I believe that when you go to what's called divided light, okay? And and they Gilkey I know has two options when it comes to divided light. One, they have a they have a divided light framing that goes in between the glass so that when you go to clean the glass on either side, it's just one single pane of glass. Or they have an additional thing called simulated divided light, where they put the grid in the middle of the glass, then they apply to the glass the framing to make it look more authentic, you know, like um, like what it was 100 years ago. But my, my understanding, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, is when you go with the divided light, you only get double-pane glass. And so... 
Yeah, what, the, what the rep is telling you is, you I mean, you're still getting great performance out of their window. There's no question that, you know, the triple pane is like the the really nice parka coat in the wintertime. And um, the uh, the double pane is like a really nice, you know, north face that keeps you warm, too. So, I mean, you know, the thing is, you, uh, so on the front of the house, you like the look of the divided light. Um, no, actually, the back window full view, I prefer I like that. that. I was just, I prefer that, but I, I've got one large window. I was wondering if I was going to go, you know, trying to decide whether I just do them all and just go all full view or. Well, okay. Or, so or not do a, if you're a not, large one because yeah, of the, because of the cost. Sure. If you're not partial to it. In other words, it's like, wow, I really like just looking out of the glass and it's a solid piece of glass and, you know, that looks awesome. Once you change it all out, it'll all look great. You know what I mean? It's not, you're not going to miss it in particular if you, if you enjoy that look. And, um, and, and actually right, if I'm right about this, the triple pane solid glass, you get better performance and it'll cost less than doing all the simulated divided light. Yeah, that's and that's yeah, that's one thing you mentioned. It is a lower cost, so that's right. interesting. All right. Yeah. Um, one quick follow-up question on on the back windows. I've got a the full view in now, and I seem to have more birds trying to get through the window. Any recommendation on yeah. how to avoid that? Yeah. Well, the the, the glass is working. <laughs> you know, they they <laughs> they think you know the thing is it's for them, it's reflecting away. And so they think it's a wide open uh, window. You know, it's almost like they're right. flying into a mirror. Yeah. So uh, a couple things. Right. It happens all the time. It happens in my house uh, when I right after I clean the windows, they hit it like crazy. So you can temporarily do some stuff by you know, there's like these um, shiny ribbons that you can tack on on the outside just to kind of temporarily, you know, show them, hey, there's something here, or mm-hmm. eventually what you could do depending on where they're looking, you know, if you planted a bush or something, that would obscure it, you know, depending if it's a, is it a second story or first story window? Uh, this one's second story. Yeah, no, you're not going to do anything there. So if you were to tack up, like if you could get up there, like on the fascia, temporarily, these they're like these chrome, it's like you would, they're streamers you would get at a party store, basically, and just tack them up to kind of, you know, so that it it, it 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 attracts their vision, and they see that first before they see the glass to run into it. And if you did so that hanging for down, you're hanging saying? down, and if you did that for like a month or so, it should. I mean, it's not you know, there's lots of birds in the world, but the birds that are hanging around your house, <laughs> they'll know for sure not to go flying that way. Got it. All right, perfect. Thanks a lot, Lou. Thank you for uh, uh, going with my friends at Gilkey. They do a really nice job. They make a really, really good window. It was so good. The cast like was reminding so reminding yourself, don't do it. I know, don't, don't do, do it, it don't, 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 do don't it. get emotional. Don't, he dies. How many guns did I put inside in the gun, Chino? Enough for Jew and Jew and Jew. Right, that whole line, I love that. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. Oh, my God. The guy that played Tony and Maria and the good. woman that played Anita. Oh, so good. Uh, the dancing is it. so good, and the yeah. orchestra. So, I mean, just I, I don't. I don't think it's around for much longer. But uh, if you can get a ticket, uh, go go to see it. It was really. It's just a fun. The lyric is just such a great place. And then you know who the chef Jose Andreas is. 
the uh, yes, you do. He's the guy that runs that one world kitchen. Whenever there's a giant disaster, he just sends all oh, these yeah, yeah, chefs yeah. and I they do. cook for everybody. He's like this yeah. amazing, like whatever this guy does, we should be going to his restaurants. He just opened up a restaurant next to the lyric called Bar Mar. And we went there. Quinn's uh, uh, building is right where he works, is right next door. We went and had dinner there. It is not a cheap ticket, but boy, it's got Lindsay and David Smithwick written all over it Yum. as far as the food. What kind of food is it? Look up the menu and then you'll be like, yes, I'm going. Like it's it's shared plate stuff that I that I love. And the restaurant itself, like the 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 decor is so cool. Of course, I walk in, I'm looking at all these light fixtures. Look at that. There's like this ginormous octopus light fixture over the bar that is the coolest thing you ever want to see. Right next to the Lyric, go there for dinner, go see the show, enjoy. Just so you know, Tony. Right on the front. Tony doesn't oysters, make it. that's... Yeah, oysters. We had oysters. Got me at oysters. So good. 857-5574, Lou. 857-5574-568. Kathy is in Chicago. Hi, Kathy. You're on House March Radio. Good morning. Hi, Lou. Good morning to you. How are you? I am doing fantastically well now that I'm speaking with you. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Glad to hear that. Um, I have a good question for you. I don't know all of the questions you might ask me about it, though. So okay. I have, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It might have to fill in, fill in the cracks. Okay. So there's a deck on the back of a house. It's my boyfriend's house. Um, I think the deck was made in the 90s. It's a wood deck. Okay. Very nice. Um, but about three to four years ago, his daughter decided to surprise him for Father's Day, and she decided to, we believe, paint it. It's this, like, bright orangey kind of color, mm. and it's not the color he ever dreamt of, and he wants it to go back to natural and just a stain. Is that doable? It, we, we're not sure if it's paint or a heavy stain, mm -hmm. or I've tried using um, a power washer. It doesn't do and work. I've gotten, it, it takes off some of it, but on the areas where it's not trafficked, it's not budging. Um, how long has this been down? So I think three to four years, maybe more, maybe, maybe five years. Okay. So you're probably... It wearing might, well. <laughs> right. It's probably um, some kind of paint. And so how big of a deck mm -hmm. how, how are we talking about? Um, it's on the back side of the house. It's a, it's a lot. It's in Oak Park, so it's a small backyard lot. Okay. But I would say probably 9, 12, maybe 24 feet across. Okay, so what I would do is let's test an area and put a little paint stripper on to see how you do. So maybe take a corner of it, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. two foot, three foot mm -hmm. by three foot uh, area. And um, mm -hmm. there is a paint stripper that you can um, buy called um, Citrus Strip. And it's exactly what it sounds like it is. It's orange. It looks, it smells okay. like citrus. And it's not okay. super aggressive, but it's a, it's a little more, it's better for the environment type of thing. Paint that on an area. Mm -hmm. Let it sit there for, I, okay. I think it'll tell you half an hour or so. 
and then see mm-hmm. if you go at it with a brush or even, you know, not that you want to break out the pressure washer for the test, but take a scraper and right. a wire brush and see if it comes up. If it does, then go buy okay. a couple gallons of the stuff and do exactly mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Work in sections and apply okay. the paint stripper first, then the pressure washer and clean it. Once the deck dries, mm-hmm. then you and your boyfriend and the daughter can stain it with a semi-transparent <laughs> stain. Okay, so there is a possibility that this can come off. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It's that's, just. That's it's just. Great. It's just a lot of work. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you just look at it, and it looks like a daunting task. Correct. But if I've got the yeah, if I've got the paint stripper, and I can give that a try. Um, okay. That sounds like a doable thing for this week coming up when the weather's better. Perfect. Have a good time. Okay. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for calling in and thanks for listening to House Smarts Radio. 857-557-4LOU is our phone number. I love the smell of fresh asphalt when it's going down. You know, like that smell? Can you can you smell that when they're out there? There's yeah. something I like about that smell. I think it's because, you know, it's... There's oil in it. There's fuel oil in it. And so when I was growing up and my dad owned a Texaco station, he had this parts cleaner that was filled with fuel oil. And you would take parts from a car. We didn't wear any gloves. And there was this brush that floated in this fuel oil. And you would clean the parts with, you know, whatever dirty parts, whatever it was in a car. And just with your hands. And then your hands, all day, you would smell like fuel oil. And fresh asphalt sort of smells like that, and it's like a Pavlovian thing. Isn't that weird? I love it. It's nostalgic. Yeah. It's like waffles. Last week, we had a Coast of Maine um, uh, ad for some black earth that they sell. that They make really good stuff. And one of the nurseries uh, that we were promoting were, actually three of them were all in Iowa, and uh, Andy was here, and Dave was here, too. They were mm-hmm. listening. And so one of the nursery's names was Teats. And I giggled because I thought I must be saying this wrong, and we joked about that. Andy did say he had my back the whole time. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay. So anyway, then we did so, call. Go ahead. And you were doing the wait, rejoin. Wait, say that again? <laughs> oh, so I was doing the rejoin last night. And the, the intertwined movie scene that you hear periodically is in that is from Meet the Parents. And I feel like that's a classic. Of course. Yeah. Andy you knows. hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it, no. For, wait, who knew? Andy, Andy knew. Oh, Andy knew. Dave Schwan, did you know? Thank you. No, I didn't. Parents? No. By the way, Dave Schwan did also, in his 7 o'clock newscast, use the word Andy did as well. Yeah, very nice job, both of you. Thank man. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, no, and by I the way, waffles. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Keep I was going to say, I was making that region last night, and I was, la- I mean, Dying cracking laughing. myself up, thinking it was the funniest <laughs> thing. I couldn't wait. Funny. To it play it, funny. and then nobody knew it this morning. You're like, oh, I didn't get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I had your um, back the whole way. Here's the joke. Right, Andy's got you. Here's the joke. Here's the joke on us. Michael Jordan buys the, what, who, who does he Hornet. own? Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets. And he's gone, he's been under a lot of uh, criticism, yep. right? Like, the, it, didn't the whole him owning the Charlotte Hornets kind of ruin his relationship with Charles Barkley because... Charles Barkley said he was a bad owner. Something to that effect early on, so, yeah. It, like it, they were the closest. Of, for those not old enough to remember, Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan were thick as thieves back in the day. Yes, they were. Like they were the best of friends. And and then he kind of criticized Michael as not being a great owner. 
uh, you know, and it kind of soured. I have a feeling Michael is probably very protective and, uh, you know, doesn't like to be told he's not good at something, which I probably would never say that to Michael Jordan. Correct. And now he just sold his share and he's getting $3 billion. $3 billion, no big deal. His portion. Yeah, he's the majority owner. So uh, he, that owns, is, he owns more so of it than So along with anybody. being an amazing basketball player, he's a pretty good businessman. Yeah, you know, I think people would disagree with that and only the fact that he did not do a very good job with that with that club. Uh, with that franchise. With that team at all. I mean, they they have the number two pick in the draft this year, so that means they were not very good again. And uh, it's been kind of an uneven ownership over there because they really haven't made any attempts to really go for mm. it. But they still sold for $3 billion. Three That's the interesting thing about sports, right? Yeah. These... These teams that don't, I mean, there's so much money in these teams that even when they're not good, they're worth a gazillion dollars. Yeah. I mean, uh, look at the Bears. I mean, they're probably worth about six or seven billion. Right. You know, they were three and 14 last year. Uh, hey, and I have a question. I know you're, you know, you're, you're our sports guy mm-hmm. uh, extraordinaire. Are you going to attend uh, either as a fan or? As for work, the NASCAR thing, you know, it's it's up for debate at this point. Um, I actually have been, been trying to plot a way to work from home that weekend, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to come down here. To be honest with you, well, right, right. Uh, that's uh, yeah. It, it's going to be interesting. I think there's a lot of people that uh, are affected by having to travel uh, into downtown from the north or the south for that weekend that are not really in favor of what's going on in the streets. Mm. I think it'll be cool to see. If I don't have to be here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had dinner with some friends. Uh, Mary Beth and I had dinner with some friends. And uh, the one of them, the, 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 the man, is going to uh, the race. He got some tickets and he's going to the race. And he's so excited. And he's not a NASCAR guy. Mm-hmm. But he starts describing all the different things that are going to be going on. I mean, I you know I know there's a lot of debate about the NASCAR thing. I really want the thing to be a success for the city of Chicago. I mean, I really do. And I hope... I hope that people come to the hotels and they have a great time. They go to the restaurants and I hope the race goes off. And I realize that there's a little bit of pain, but um, I want it to be a successful thing. And I'm super curious about how it's all going to come around. And he was saying that he was saying something, and I don't know if this is true or not, but that the like the pit area is right around Buckingham Fountain or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and they, they're building these gigantic uh, scaffolds. Where, you should see those yeah. scaffolds and uh, yeah. what's going to the grandstands. They're yeah. very, very big. Yeah, I want it to be success. Dave, you're going to go. I'm going to be here, and I'm have to try and figure out a way to look out the windows. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. right, right. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I want it to be a huge success. Well, good job, gentlemen. You know, uh, Bob Ferguson said, you know, with our word of the day, Lindsay, what we're doing, we're helping the kids too. Even though school is out, listen to House Smarts Radio, and you're still learning. That's true, right? Can we have waffles now? (laughs) (laughs) And chocolate milk. And chocolate milk. And chocolate milk. Oh, sure. Wonderful. Okay, I'm working at it. Okay, I, I, I always make too many. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. Eight five seven five five seven four five six eight is our phone number. Uh, this is John in Mount Prospect. Hey, John. Good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Good morning, Lou. How are you? I'm doing well. How may I help you? I built a large deck off my off the back of my house, about thirty six by sixteen. I used treated walnut wood. Um, I wanted to let it dry out because it's still green and floppy wet when I bought it. How long should I let it dry out before I uh, put a uh, stain sealer on there? 
I wanted to get the green and all that off, and it's starting to look like natural wood again now. When? How long ago was it? I built it uh, in August and September of last year, so we're looking at about eight months old now. Okay, and to the best of your knowledge, now it I mean you could put a moisture meter on it, but if you're already seeing okay. that it looks dry, you know, on the surface. Yeah, got all... Oh yeah, in fact, a couple of the boards they've dried out so much where the edges have actually curled up a little bit on me. Okay, all right. I want you to lightly sand the flat surfaces of the wood. So how big of the deck did you say it is? Uh, 36 by 16. Okay, so it's big. Um, yeah. If you, um, well, let me think about this. The problem with the curl, you could rent a pad sander that you stand behind with, a, um, you know, like you're polishing a floor in a, in a grocery store. Or if you yeah. took if you took a random orbit sander and you got down on your hands and knees, I just with some medium grit sandpaper, just individually with the boards back and forth, back and forth, um, yeah. and um, you go back and forth and do section by section just to open up the pores and the fibers of the wood a little bit, okay? Because as it's okay. drying, it almost petrifies a little bit, and. Um, so you want to open that up so that you put a semi-transparent deck stain that will soak into the wood, and you're good to go from last August at this point. And we've been so dry that, you know, I'm not concerned about any recent rain or anything like that causing a problem. And uh, one, of the, okay. one of the stains that I really like is a product called Penafin, which is a rosewood oil base. That's very good. Cabot uh, has an Australian oil, which is very good. And if you follow the instructions on those cans, you should get some really good performance out of it. Okay, so you recommend an oil base, a hundred percent. And do you do you, how do you feel about the ones that are combination uh, sealer stain? Well, so I'm not a big sealer guy, and that's a, you know there's kind of two camps on that. The reason is, you know, a sealer on wood sits on top like a floor wax. And everybody gets, yeah. you know, everybody sort of like, oh, the water beads, look at it, it's protecting it. But what it also does is it tends to peel away with a semi-transparent stain. And I've said this for as long as I've been on the radio and I've learned this over the years. It's the color in the stain that protects the wood. Okay. If I send oh, if I okay. send if I send you outside in the rain with a clear umbrella, okay, it'll shed the water, but you'll still get sunburn. If I send you out there with an okay. umbrella that's you know a dark color, it'll do both. It is the sun that beats the you know what out of the wood, not the rain. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had another question. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> I had another question about the deck that I've lost it, but I do have another question for you if you don't mind it. No, I sure, line sure. Last year, and shortly after taking possession of it, we realized that the uh, sewer was backing up in the floor drain in our garage. Okay. I called out a, a sewer guy. He rotted it out, and I tell you what, he, he got out like a tubular, solid, thick thing of mud and grass and whatever else is in there, you know, roots and stuff. Okay. Anyhow, the amount of stuff we got out there was incredible. 
it's doing it again this year. Is this going to be an annual thing for me because there's stuff growing through my sewers? Is there anything I can do to, to prevent this from happening every year? Well, I think that when you do it again this year, where uh, where, where are you? You're in Mount Prospect? I'm in Mount Prospect, but this house I'm talking about is up in Berrien County, Michigan. Oh, okay. So when you have that person come back to rot it out again, then I would pay them an additional fee to put a sewer camera through the sewer and then they can tell you exactly what's going on and they can say well i put the camera out and you know 30 feet out the pipe has collapsed or you can see where the roots are coming through and you know they can probably with those cameras it's so precise now that they can say if we dig here we can replace that section of piping where this issue has come and you shouldn't have a problem or they could say Hey, buddy, your whole sewer's collapsed. we got to replace the whole thing. But to do that visual inspection from the inside out is the best way for you to solve this problem once and for all. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I actually have easy access to it because there's a manhole cover right in, front of the, right in front of my house on the street. Oh, wow. And that's how they got into it last time. They, they opened up the manhole cover, and he, and he rotted it from the manhole cover, and that's got how it. I was able to see this giant, giant stuff yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. I, Remember, it's the morning. People are just getting up eating their Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I remember the other thing I wanted to say about the deck. Sure. You reminded me that uh, on one of my older houses, I used uh, Thompson's water steel on a much smaller deck, and oh my God, it was the worst thing I ever did. People were slipping and sliding every time it just got a little bit moist. It was like an ice skating rink. I don't like to disparage a product because Thompson's does have, uh, uh, you know, there are uses for it where the product works really, really well. It is not my well, choice. I'm not knocking them. I'm- no, 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 no. But I, I'm just saying I, I'm going to, because now I'm going to knock them. It is just not, <laughs> it is not my choice for a deck, for a wood. And, okay. I know, and I know it doesn't make the people at Thompson's happy, but that's just my opinion. And some people use it and they love it and... God bless them. You know, it's a free country. It, it made my deck almost dangerous to walk on. It was mm. so slick. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Okay, thanks, Lou. Have a great day. I appreciate your phone call. And then I'm hearing from the... Oh, by the way, today's my wife's birthday. The birthday girl. She's a 29 today. Happy birthday, my love. And the, Happy my, birthday. The, the couple that I was telling about, evidently he loves NASCAR. I didn't think he loved NASCAR, huh? but he loves NASCAR, and he's so mm. excited to go. And so he was so passionate about it that it got me excited to go, and uh, which I'm not going, but I want somebody else to go and tell me all about it. It's 724 in the morning, Lou Manfredini, House Smarts Radio. Our phone number is 857-557-4LOU. By the way, I'm so excited about the Noodaloo 2 coming up. I mean, it is a specific product that, but if you're someone that uses a ladder, Boom shakalaka. This is the product for you. You know, it is a regret of mine for not getting a pick. I mean, one day, it is on my bucket list to get a pickup truck before I... You know what's better than I me I go. driving the pickup truck is my wife driving the pickup truck. I on know. Birthday, too. She's the a best. babe. She loves it. I know. So fun. Oh, my God. It's so nice. Put a hat on and put some, like, it's so nice. you know, Morgan Wall or whatever. I call it a gentleman's truck because ah. it's a very nice like nicely appointed truck but I still use the bed for work and stuff like that you know so every now and then I put stuff in there but it's like a it's like a luxury car that's a mm. pickup truck. Mm. It's great. So fun. 857-557-4LU 857-557-4568. Let's go back to the phone lines. This is uh, Gail in Joliet. Hi Gail. 
Hi, Lou. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How may I help you this morning? Good. I'm a widow trying to learn stuff, but I'm doing good because I listen to you every Saturday. Oh, you're very kind. Um, Happy to help. I I have a PVC pipe that's connected to my furnace, and it goes outside of my house. You know, in the winter when I put my heat on, I can see the, the smoke. Okay. Uh, my problem, I, I think a bird's nest is in there, salts of flakings. There's nothing in there yet. So would I have to have the HVAC person come out and clean that out? I mean, you could or you could do it yourself. Do you? Does the pipe that comes out of the home, um, uh, Gail, does it go straight out or does it curve down? Go straight out. Okay. Do you own a... a well, I put it this way. I put it this way. Part of it curves up and then it goes out on a right angle, 90 degree angle. I see. Okay. Do you... Okay. Um, do you own a shop vac? I do. I was afraid that might shoot it in. Well, if you if you were able to get the thing is with that, you said it comes out, it goes up, and then curves. So you may not be able to get the um, you may not get the pipe, the flexible pipe, to go in there too much. But if you want to try and clean it yourself, and you put the shop back in as far as you can go, you may be able to suck out most of it. If you're still concerned, okay. if you're still concerned. I got some of it out with a hanger. Yeah, but the shop vac will help you too. And um, they make they. You may want to talk to the HVAC person. They make a cap to go on that um, on that exhaust pipe that that has a built-in, like it has one thin line of plastic down the center. You never want to put anything like it a. Is- you don't want to put a netting or anything over the fa- that because in the winter, when that the steam yeah. is coming out of there, it'll turn to ice, and if that clogs, the furnace will shut down. But they do make okay. They do make a little cap that's like an anti-bird or pest r- deterrent, where it just makes it ever so much smaller that a bird can't go in that pipe. Okay. And I'm thinking, because when I look in there with a flashlight, I see it, I can see it, so it doesn't look like it's all the way down, so it could be there already. Right. One of the... Uh, right, the birds. So I'm glad, I will try the shop back. Try and see if that helps. If not, then get some professional help, okay? Yeah, I'll have HVAC before the wintertime. Perfect. I appreciate your help, and you have a great day. You too. Keep listening. Happy to help whenever we can. 857-557-4LU. We're broadcasting from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studios. If you go to the PFA golf course and you go there and you play golf, just say, when you go there, say, oh, Ned and Sue sent me. Just say it like that, like you like you know them, right? So, wait, I have a funny thing. I'm going to get in trouble for this, but it's funny. So, you know, Max just graduated from college, right, at Carthage College, which is awesome. If you're thinking about sending your kid to school and they're looking for a small Midwestern school, liberal arts education, we cannot say enough wonderful things about Carthage College and the education and the people there. It's great. It's just awesome. Um, when Max does these performances, you know, that he's he's an actor, there's... um. Parking. There's a lot of parking lots around the area, but then there's like a visitor's parking lot that's kind of really close to one of the theaters. And every now and then, you know, it's in the evening, there's a couple spots there that um, you can 
park at. But there's one spot, Lindsay, that says guest of the president of the university or friend of the president of the university. Like it's a dedicated spot. And like one, more than once, we would go to park there and there'd just be that spot. And I would turn to Mary Beth and go, well, we're his friends. <laughs> I mean, Max once went to like a dinner at the president's house, right? So he's like his friend. And since I'm, since I'm, um, since I'm, um, his father and Mary Beth's mother and Max is a friend, isn't that like, like, uh, Kevin Bacon? Sort of. <laughs> right? I'll take it. Yes. Right. So that's what we're going with. So I just but let what you do you in. Call I'll... yourself a friend of Lou, a full. So you friend of like Lou. A okay. So the PFAU course was built on the same ground as Indiana University's existing golf course, a pedestrian course opened in 1957 and is best known as the spot. Wow, where Jack Nicklaus won the 1961 Big Ten Championship. Look at us. We're like golfers. Crazy. 857-5574-LOU, 857-557-4568. This is Terry in Evanston. Hi, Terry. You're on House Smarts Radio. Morning, Lou. Good morning. Lou, I've got a problem with air conditioner noise. Okay. The building I live in is a condominium, and our air conditioner compressors are on the roof. We put a new roof on in 2017, and the last couple of years, we've had some of our top floor residents complaining about noise. So we got our air conditioning contractor in. He eventually came up with a solution to put these rubber feet on each one of the compressors over the affected area. Yeah. It, it's noise, but we still have people complaining. And we're kind of out at a at a loss as to what type of contract you're to contact next because our AC guy says that's all that's the only thing he knows to do you know to fix it so on this so in this condo okay so the people that are complaining are the ones right underneath it correct yeah okay how many condensing units are up there well there's one for each unit it's a, so it's a 44 unit building now, there's several hurricane racks, though. It's not, they're not just all on one. Hurricane racks, meaning? They're metal that are fixed to the roof. And then the condensing unit sits on top of that? Right. But that, okay. Um, <clears throat> have you ever driven, it, have you ever driven down, um, have you ever driven down, uh, 94 coming you go you go past o'hare and you're heading south right before you get to like 290 and north avenue okay can you picture that at all yes i can actually there's a giant data center that is on the east side of 94 it's a big building with no windows or anything and it's like uh it's like a big data center like i think it's one of those cloud centers you know where the cloud goes but the, on top mm-hmm. on top of the roof is a giant steel structure that they that they built basically corner to corner and then the condensing units are on top of that now there those are ginormous chillers you know and they did that to support the weight but right on your building 
in order to do this, okay? Now, let me ask you this. If I'm up on that roof and you said there's 40 condensing units up there, if I Correct. went if I went side to side across the building, is how wide is that building? Oh, let's see. And is there? And then is there? Is there uh, a common wall, maybe like a hallway wall or something that is in the middle of that span? My point is. The only way oh, to definitely. the only way to really permanently quiet this is you're going to have to build a steel structure that bears on the outside walls of this building that you then could probably support in the center by the center wall that's not in someone's unit and then these condensing units would be mounted on top of those beams suspended off of the roof what's killing you on the noise is the vibration and you mm-hmm. and those rubber feet aren't going to do a lick of good um, because the vibration, the contact sound is the most difficult sound to attenuate, period, the end. And the only way you're going to do that is to separate it. So if you were to hire a steel contractor to come and say, I mean, this is not an, you know, this is not an inexpensive proposition. But now you span it yeah. across, and then these, then the, and then this also. What this also means, Terry, is all the line sets for each one of these units will have to be recapture all of the refrigerant, extended, because now you're raising these condensing units up off of the sea, of the roof. You know, so yeah, I, no, I understand. It's it's there's a lot to it, Lou. Yeah. Put it that way because there's. Right. Like I said, the unit for there's a condenser for each unit up there, so each one would have to be disconnected. They, who knows how much more uh, they'd have to be extended? You know the uh, the tubes that run out of them. Uh, is there a, yeah, yeah, a on this building? Is there like a, is there a, a you know like a, a parapet wall that goes around the perimeter of the building? There is, yeah. Yeah, so you'd, you'd span, if you can imagine, I'd go from one side to another with some steel beams, supported in the center where there's a center wall that's not anybody's unit, right? Because that's where the contact sound is going to come from. Yeah. And then you're going to put those rubber feet underneath those things on top of the steel, right? Yeah, they're on steel right now, but they're, they're, that steel is affixed to the roof, you know. Correct, and that's what's killing you. You know, it's, it's a 50-year-old building, and this is like a four-year-old problem or a five-year-old problem. So that's the – now, we can't tell whether it's – people have moved into the units with different hearing or uh, – it was, apparently it wasn't always like that is what I'm saying, you know, that it – how many the way it was built right so the other years right and the, so all these units in this building have uh central air correct yes they do yeah the only other thing you could look into which would be an individual thing is that if you went to um ductless heating and cooling systems by like mitsubishi because those condensing units are like almost silent yeah, I've looked at those. They're, they're very cool. Yeah, but that that's an expense as well. The foil that would be uh, what Dave Ent plays, and very well done. By well, thank the way. you. Very good.
Dave Schwan, I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, speed jokes as oh, well. Oh, yeah, sure. So, you know, with Father's Day, I mean, kind of speed jokes are kind of a, uh, when you think about it, they're a uh, kind of like an extension of bad dad jokes. Dad jokes on steroids. Bad jokes, very quick. <laughs> Lindsay put together a list of some bad dad jokes in honor of uh, of Father's Day, which I thought we would just rapid fire real quick just right. to kind of hopefully give people a little chuckle this morning, right? So uh, I got a question for you, gentlemen. Why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing? Hmm, I don't know. In case they get a hole in one. Uh. (laughs) Uh, How do you follow Will Smith in the snow? Hmm, Hmm. I I don't know. Not sure. You follow the Fresh Prince. Uh. Why do seagulls (laughs) fly over the ocean? Gee, I don't know. Well, because if they flew over the bay, we'd call them bagels. That's pretty good. That's a good one. That's pretty good. Uh, uh, what's the best thing about Switzerland? No clue. No clue. I don't know, but the flag is a big plus. Oh. <laughs> not bad. Pretty good. Uh, uh, did did everybody not for get the that interview, one? For, for interview. Oh, am I going to wait this? Oh, am I waiting for the interview? That was a, that was a side note to you. Oh, a little side note. All right, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, what do you call someone... <laughs> With no body and no nose. Hmm. I don't have any idea. Nobody knows. No one knows. I don't know either. (laughs) Why can't a nose be 12 inches long? I think I know this one, but I'm not going to spoil it. Go ahead. Otherwise, it would be a foot. Thank you very much. Good. All weekend. Enjoy the veal. Uh, And if you see a crime happen at the Apple store, what does it make you? Mm. I'm trying to think of an apple something. Yep, an eyewitness. Oh, (laughs) Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Tip your waiters and waitresses. Happy Father's Day to all you bad dad jokes out there having a good time. 857-557-4LU, 857-557-4568. This is Beth calling us from Champaign, Illinois. Hi, Beth. Hey, how's it going? You're the man. Well, thank you. How may I help you? Um, I had a tenant that has moved out of a house that has a basement. After inspecting the house, because things didn't end so well, mm. but he has filled up the window wells on the outside of the basement with cement. Do I need to hammer drill that out? or Because don't they have drains in them? Wait, he filled it up with cement? Yeah, he's a masonry. To the to the to the doing... t- to the tippy top. Uh, to the top of the windows, or to the bottom of the windows, should I say? To the bottom of the. You know how there's like. So when I'm in the, the okay, so when I'm in the basement, and I'm looking out of the You're basement outside. window, I can still, I can still take that window out and get out of the basement. Well. It's not, they're not egress windows, but oh, they're not. you can look out. No, it's not used for basement or for bedrooms. So, um, anyway, when you're looking out the window, you can see the concrete has sloped in. Okay. And I was like, what the hell is that? So I go outside and I'm looking like, oh, nice guy. Well, I Fills mean, uh, with, are, th- th- there should be drains in there. I don't know that for that's a f- what I, well, well, I don't know that for a fact. So, I mean, right. but if there was stone there before, um, there wasn't, there was, it was just, just where leaves and debris accumulated, okay. you know, and, and you have to, 
and it, that out. And is the window well above open? Or is it does the it have a well, does it have a cover on it? No, it does not have a cover. It is open. Okay. So if you you mentioned that the concrete now is sort of pitching towards the window, if you get a yeah. if, if we if it ever rains again, uh, we get a heavy yeah. heavy rain that's going to fill up and come in the window. So yeah, my, that's what I thought. My, ge- a- my guess is there is a drain there, and you would have to break that out. I also, my guess also is it's probably not that thick of concrete. So if someone went at it with a little baby sledgehammer or something, you probably would break it up pretty easily. <laughs> baby sledgehammer. Yeah, that's what it's <laughs> well, called. I'll give that a try today. Yeah, and it, you would probably break it up, and then you could dig around and see if, in fact, there is a drain. Does the home, Beth, have a sump pump? Yes, it does. Okay, so that... That drain, if it does have it, is probably connected to your sump pump. The drain that he's covered up with the concrete. Potentially. Yes. Well, I'll put something, a cloth or something over the window so I don't bust the window. And when I'm using the baby sledgehammer. Baby sledgehammer. If you went into the hardware store today and said, I need a baby sledgehammer, they would say three pound or five pound. I would That's get. A, funny. I have never heard of such a thing. I would get. A, I would get a three pound. <laughs> okay, and right. just start chipping away at it, and see. Just get it out of there. Big swinging, big swing. Right. Take, take out all your. You said it didn't end well, so picture your tenant that left, and then start swinging. <laughs> all right, you're the man. <laughs> all right, have a great. I'm going to give it a try because I didn't think that was a very nice thing to do when he left. And right, understood. The list of list of things accumulates so i'm like is this really worth me doing or do i just put that on the hey i'm going to take you to court because you did this this yeah. wasn't very nice right understood sorry so, but but get it out of there yes i would bottom bottom line get yeah, it out get it out you're the man take care appreciate <laughs> it well evidently i am the man Lindsay. just in case we're she said it like four or five times which is awesome uh this is uh kristen in schomburg hi kristen you're on house Marts radio Hi, Lou. <laughs> How can I help you? Okay, so I have a 20-year-old Viking hood in my kitchen. Okay. It has two regular bulbs and a heat bulb. So my regular halogen bulbs, they're 50-watt bulbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've replaced them over the years, no problem. So I have two challenges now. One when I go to replace them, one bulb seems to be fine and it turns on, and the second bulb doesn't seem to be long enough to reach the fixture. So it, if I take the fixture out and screw the bulb in, it works, but when it's all assembled, it doesn't. So this 20-year-old hood is using conventional bulbs. They're not bulbs with a pin, so you're screwing them in. Yes. When you take the actual fixture portion out of the frame, you, you're holding like the housing, and you, pl- you put the bulb in there, and it'll turn on. Yes. But the minute you put it back in, the bulb doesn't work? Right. When you put the housing, when you assemble it all back together, it does not work. And you said something about it not reaching. What, is, what, is, what do you mean by that? Not long enough to, I don't know how to describe it. So there's a, you know, the decorative uh, cover, cover, shield. cover plate or something. Right. 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 
So when that's on, it's it's almost as if the bulb isn't long enough to reach the socket. Oh, I see. So, oh, I see. So, okay. Because I, if I put the same bulb in the other side, it works. But if and you I've but, done, it, but, it, but if you take the housing if you take the housing off and put the bulb in, it works. Yes. And it's like you can't screw it. And is there the way that housing connects? Is there like a in in the socket portion? Is there like a little tip or or a teat that is keeping it from assembling all the way? In other words, can you with that decorative piece that you said? Can you hold the fixture in your hand and place that in place before you put it all back together, or no? Um. Can you say that one more time? Well, please? so I'm so trying to I'm trying I'm trying to picture the socket portion. In other words, there's got to be something that there's got to be some adjustment. It's worked for 20 years. There's got to right. be something holding that socket from not kind of sucking up to the finished trim so you can screw the bulb in all the way. Right. Here's my other thing. When I look at the socket, without the bulb in it down in the center is there like a little brass tab where the bulb makes the contact yep i'm looking at it i'm upside down looking at it right now (laughs) can you with the with the electrical off can you take a screwdriver and bend that little tab up a little bit oh i can try that so so, Not right this second, obviously. Right, right. Stand on one foot. Um, so <laughs> if you take a little screw, make sure the power is off. Capiche? Okay. Take a little screwdriver down in there and bend that little tab up a half an inch. Ah, oh, that's excellent. Put it, all back, ah. put it all back together and see if that works. That's fantastic. Well, it didn't work yet. And Call- then here's another challenge, though. Yeah. So the government... Is changing the requirements for bulbs. Those the the so, man the man there Uncle Sam. What is he doing? Yes, right. So you're not going to be able to get. Now let me ask you this: your your 20 year old Viking hood. Do those lights, those general lights, do they have a dimmer or do they just go on or off? The dimmer. Is it a switch dimmer or is it a turn dimmer? Is a turn dimmer. Oh yeah, you're really in trouble. Your hoods, Lou. <laughs> well, 20 years ago, I've replaced it. Now they're buttons. <laughs> um, the problem is that dimmer, so you can get an LED bulb that goes in there, but that dimmer will not be compatible. So it'll only work all the way on. Okay. The other- LED bulbs buy special ones for a stove hood because of the heat? That's not an issue. You'll you'll find the same bulb that'll work in LED, but the problem is that dimmer. I, I'm not going to say 100%, but I bet that dimmer won't work because it's just not compatible. My other suggestion to you is you can still buy the halogen bulbs, okay? And uh-huh. what I would do is, you know, how long do they typically how long do they typically last? 
I would say six months or so. We kind of use it as backlighting in the kitchen at night, so six months. Go buy a half a dozen next time you're at the hardware store. I'm going to be a ball porter. Right. That'll be you. You'll be you'll be selling contraband on the side. You know you know what you'll do. You'll get one of those sandwich. You know the like the thing cigarettes, caramel cigarettes. You know you'll be walking around with light bulb. Right. You can make a little extra money at a farmer's market. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The black market bulb. Right. Right. You would be surprised, but um, <laughs> and you can you know what you could do too if this works with the tab and the the bulb works. Um, you could buy a couple of LED bulbs and just see. You know what I mean? Test it out. Keep the package. If okay. it doesn't work, you could return them. But um, but I, I have a feeling the dimmer won't work. I'm not, I'm not glued to the dimmer. Um, okay. That's a perk. We don't use it that often. My, I don't want to replace the whole hood. Well, then what you okay. can probably do then is that if you can find the right bulbs that fit, then you could find different lumens and so you could try, this is a 40-watt equivalent, this is a 20-watt equivalent, and if you find the right one that when it's full on, that's fine with you, then you're good, and then you won't replace it for 10 years. Oh, that would be great. That would be fantastic. Oh, All my right. gosh, thank you so much. You're off to the bulb Yay. store to get going. It sounds like you've got your uh, day planned for you. All right. Um it's 8.30 in the morning. This is really funny. I'm talking to this woman. I've had this conversation with this lady from Davy Tree about how trees can help us with um, our air quality, which is super interesting. She was really great. What you're not going to hear is that she's a huge hockey fan, and we were talking off air about how much she loves hockey, and I go, well, what's your hockey team? She goes, well, I'm a Detroit uh, Red Wings fan. I'm like, oh, she's like from Toronto. And she goes, and she is so mad at the Blackhawks because they got the number one pick in the draft, and she was so animated. I talked to her for 10 minutes about hockey, and it was so funny. I'm like, oh, I should have been recording all this because it was so great. So I bet passionate. she drives a truck. I bet she does too, yeah. <laughs> Canadian wildfires that have been going on, we've all experienced and watched on the news. While the air quality here in the Chicagoland area has been affected, it was nothing like what was happening up in Canada and then in the Northeast when the winds changed uh, that had a significant um, effect on the air quality there, which had me starting to think a little bit about, you know, all these trees burning. But the fact that trees are really like one of our, our, our biggest allies when it comes to cleaning the air. And so uh, Lindsay reached out to Chelsea Abbott, who is a scientific advisor for Davy Trees. Uh, Chelsea, good morning, and welcome to House Smarts Radio. Good morning. Thank you. How do I, when I come back in my next life, I would like to have a title of a scientific advisor. How, how do you do that? How do you get that? <laughs> does, does it say that on the business cards? That's pretty impressive. It does actually say that on the business <laughs> cards. Um, <laughs> no, it's not something we just made up to make me sound fancy. All right. Um, so... Yeah, I'm actually a plant pathologist by trade and uh, diagnostician by training. And then uh, as a scientific advisor, I just kind of help help the offices of Davy Tree with anything related to science and diagnostics and management. So I'm a jack of all trades. I like that. Um, I said it right when I was setting this up. You know, these wildfires that uh, were are still happening in in Canada. You yourself are Canadian. and um, it, it had such a, a unbelievable effect on the air quality, um, which, you know, 
we can have all discussions about climate change and things that are occurring, but um, that really did not do well for our overall air quality, like pumping in our, our air quality is already not that great. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the particulates from this, you know, burning up in uh, Quebec there when the winds did change and blew it down through, you know, like you said, the Northeast, you could see it. Uh, at first it was hazy, but one day I was out um, in the greater Toronto area last week and I could literally see smoke blowing through mm. the street. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I was wearing a mask outside because uh, I, it, it definitely hurt. Your lungs felt it at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I know that there was a, a recent study about air quality. And, and while here in Chicago, we, we don't have the dirtiest air, uh, but we come in at number 16. And, and it says that two out of every five Americans, 40 percent, live in uh, counties with unhealthy air quality, which is according to the American Lung Association. Um Obviously, that can lead to poor health effects and whatnot. But can you can you make the connection between the trees and our overall air quality? Right. So in a lot of these areas that have the poor air quality, it's really because there's a lacking of canopy color or vet or canopy cover or any vegetation. Mm. Um, because one of the things that we all know, everyone knows that trees and plants they photosynthesize. Um, and that process for them to make energy is them taking in things like carbon dioxide and expelling oxygen. And so a lot of people will sort of, you know, jokingly call, you know, trees and plants the big air conditioners. They're conditioning the air for us to breathe as well as cooling it down. Uh, so they definitely have a huge, huge play in removing pollutants from our air. Uh, and the places that tend to have a lot of these issues don't just simply don't have the adequate canopy cover to offset a lot of the pollution from the density of population. It's so funny that you say that, that, you know, not that I'm a huge hiker, but um, if I go on a hike, you know, the several times that I've gone and you go into like a dense forest, you know, where that, that canopy that you speak Mm of, there's something about the air as you're walking through there that is just, I mean, it's palpable. There's no way you don't notice that's happening. Right. And you can see, you can feel that cooling effect. You know, you can certainly sense the oxygen um, as well. As there's, there's plenty of other uh, gaseous compounds that plants are also producing that can even help with things like inflammation um, and stress recovery. But that's, mm. that's a different talk. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, so you, you talk about those areas where the, the um, y- you know, there is no canopy, there's no vegetation, there's nothing to help this air quality. Um, I mean, do you see like cities and municipalities? I mean, in Chicago, you know, we have gr- some great neighborhoods where you, you can drive down these streets and, you know, trees are, you know, overlapping the streets. It's, it's not, it's not common, but, uh, well, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say that. I mean, it, there are certain neighborhoods where that happens, but there are certain neighborhoods when there's none. I mean, gosh, it seems right. like the simple best thing that some of these big cities could do would be start to plant a bunch of trees. Yeah, and I know that there was an initiative, particularly within Chicago, to try to uh, decrease the inequity of canopy cover, because simply put, there are some neighborhoods that have a lot of trees, and right. then, like you said, right down the spectrum to neighbor, neighborhoods that don't have any trees. And I know that that was uh, attempted to be put in place to start to even that out, um, to focus on some of those areas that need the vegetation 
and are going to be hit by things like climate change a little bit stronger right. because of that. Right. Um, and so hopefully that's, you know, something that's being, being done. I can't speak to whether that is being done or right. not, but I know that wasn't an initiative to, uh, address that. But it is something that we as individuals or, or property owners or, or, you know, whether it's uh, um, commercial or even, uh, you know, residential is something we could do, right? I mean, are there, are there specific trees that when it comes to trying to increase the overall air quality that are, you know, that, that would be, that would be something you could describe to say, you know, you really should plant a maple or you really should plant this and Mm. what like that. So instead of giving, you know, species of trees that would, quote unquote, produce the most oxygen, what I would better suggest is maybe uh, if planting any trees that we can ensure will do well in our region, because theoretically evergreens are well known for producing the most oxygen, but evergreens in our area simply do not do very well. So Mm -hmm. it would be um, more, more prudent, I would say, to plant trees uh, that might have a better chance of living for a very long time, taking in a lot of carbon dioxide and sequestering it. And a couple of really good ones that if we look forward with what we might be dealing with, with climate change, as things get a little bit warmer, you want to ensure that we're planting things that can sort of live in the hotter temperatures. So things like bald cypress, uh, yellowwoods, um, swamp white oaks. Mm. Uh, as as well as some elms that, of course, have resistance or tolerance to uh, Dutch elm disease. Right. Those would be things that we want to, something that we can ensure can deal with our our uh, our climate as well as our soil, so that it can condition the air for a good long time and sequester the carbon for us. My my brother-in-law, Matt Harmon, he loves the burr oak. Whenever we talk about a tree, he goes, you got to plant mm. a burr oak. You got to plant a burr oak. And I mean, that's that. Uh, what I know, what I don't know a ton about trees, but what I know about a burr oak is that it's slow growing, but it's pretty hardy. And I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is plant trees that'll live a long time so they can do their job for a very long time. Correct. Instead of trying to plant the tree that the internet says produces the most oxygen, just the ones that we know will grow well, photosynthesize and sequester the carbon for as long as possible. Yes. And also the other thing to consider is planting trees is extremely important for certain, but it's also taking care of the larger trees that currently exist because the larger the tree, the more carbon it sequesters. So, you know, Planting trees is all good, but we also need to make sure we're maintaining the health of our current right. urban forest as well. Right. Certainly that is something that the folks at Davy Tree uh, Service can help with. But uh, uh, one other thing that I, I wanted to touch on with, with the trees and the canopy, and it, it, it it's striking, you know, we, we talk about climate change and everything that, that we as humans and the mechanized world are, are doing to kind of really hasten uh, our climate and make it worse. And, and it seems like part of that solution is, in fact, nature itself, if we just sort of look at it and give it a chance. Correct. And try to, you know, nature uh, it has figured out a way to survive and figured out a way to, uh, you know, make, even having plants in general. Uh, so if we can try to mimic what nature already knows works best. Uh, so anytime we're looking at trees, really, we need to be considering what's its natural environment and how can we make this urban environment as close to a forested situation as possible. So using things like mulch and compost to ensure that we're having good biology in the soil, as well as retaining any water 
uh, that goes down in there because, of course, we're experiencing quite a lot of drought mm, in the region. Right. Um, so, yeah, lo- looking at trees in, in through the nature's eye is a really good idea as far as maintaining uh, the health of them. Well, speaking of health, I know that uh, over at Davy Trees, you've got a lot of certified arborists, and so if people are concerned about the, the trees that they have on their yard, in their yard or on their property, or or want to maybe get some advice on what to do, um, going to Davy Tree would be a great place to start. Yeah, we, we can certainly take a look at anything you've got, and there's uh, plenty of people who are certified to uh, diagnose, but as well as manage and hopefully prolong the life of the tree for, for as long as we can. What is, the, is there a website that people could go to to learn more uh, about the services that are offered? Sure. Uh, you know, it's uh, Davy, I believe it's Davy.com, uh, <laughs> and that, that should bring it up. But you can also, you know, search through Google to find your local Davy office because there's quite a few throughout the entire Chicago, greater Chicago wind area. Right. Chelsea Abbott is the scientific advisor for Davy Trees. Uh, Chelsea, so nice to speak with you this morning. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for having me, and you too. It's a lovely little place out there, Algonquin. Yeah, Algonquin's the party capital of Illinois. You know that. I didn't know that, but I'll take your word for it. No, I don't work for you. I don't work for them. But uh, (laughs) anyway, I'm calling about my bird bath. I'm trying to keep the little fellers with the feathers happy, and I'm trying to keep the algae out of the bird bath. And uh, I bought a solar-powered fountain, bird bath fountain for it. And try and also keep the mosquitoes out so that it uh, keeps the water moving. But I keep getting the algae. And I was looking, wondering if uh, wet and forget could be sprayed when it's dried out, if that might help. Well, if it's dry, but I don't think that the birds love the wet and forget. Um, Okay. So I think because you would have a little bit of some residual value there. And there's a product, I went to a uh, bird store, bird feed store, they gave me a product to put in the water, and I did that, but it's the algae just comes right back. So I don't know if it's because it's a cement, it's a cement bird bath, I don't know if the, we'll call it spores or whatever, are in the cement, and that's what brings it back so quick. How, 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 so, so okay. So the see the fountain the moving of the water should help but it doesn't or or it only like is it effective right where it's circulating but then on the edges is where you get the algae That's where I'm getting it is on the edges Okay and, and it's, it gets pretty thick and I say I go in I scrub it out with a steel brush and uh hose it all out get every all the debris out from underneath and everything and then I fill it back up and it looks great for about 2 days and then it starts the algae starts coming back again. Okay, and um, it, would you be, and so when it's all scrubbed and cleaned, does it have a white appearance? Yeah, a little bit. Not not like bright white, but it, it is, you know, you can still see where the algae was at. There is a little bit of black. No, 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 but my, 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 point, my, my point is, is that if, so if we cleaned it out and I had you paint the concrete with something that's white, would that sort of blend in with the concrete? 
Yeah, it would be fine. Okay. I, I actually was wondering about doing okay. some sort of a So, yeah, so so here's what I would do. There is a company called Ames, A-M-E-S, and I believe, mm-hmm. Lindsay, the, the website may be amesproducts.com, amesproducts.com, and they make this paint. Uh, it's called Blue... Oh, God. What's it called? Ames Products. Am I right about that? Blue Max. Blue Max. But they make it in white. And okay. it's like a rub... It, Essentially, it's like a pool liner, but it's paint. Right. And whenever I see these guys at a convention, like what they do is they take a bunch of concrete blocks and they build a big square rectangle, right? They put they put concrete uh, uh, like paving stones on the carpeting and then they put the concrete block on top of that and then they paint the whole inside. That's what it's called amesresearch.com that's what it is is the website anyway they paint the inside of the concrete and then they fill it with water and for three days nothing leaks my point so my point is if you buy a little i think you can i think you can buy it in a quart you may have to buy a gallon which you'll have enough for the rest of your life but right clean it (laughs) clean it really well get it nice and dry Paint this on so now basically you're creating a pool liner so that it doesn't right. get into the nooks and crannies of the algae. Then use your little, uh, you know, solar powered water pump. Right. And I think you'll be okay. Yep. Okay. One and, last then, and then you're, and then you're not clear. you're not adding anything to the water that could harm the birds. Right. Right. And that that was my concern, and or the plants that I have underneath it. That right, I don't want to have right, those right, either. Right, right. So I have I have one last question for you. That's concerning a brick patio, if I could. Sure. And I it, my brick patio has been in for about thirty years, and it, uh, it the sun has really bleached out the color of it. Is there anybody that either can restain? I mean, I've noticed, especially out in Algonquin, we have some new. Roads have been put in, and they put up these nice retaining wall systems, and then they have somebody out there painting to make them look like they're brick. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if there is a product that can restain or pull the color back out of my brick so that it looks, I mean, it it almost looks gray now. It's it's really washed out so much. Yeah. Um, There are are companies that can refinish that and make it look, you know, they can bring a color back in and stain it. It's not right. It, it's basically brick staining, right? They'll clean it, stain it, and then they're going to put a um, they're going to put a um, uh, a coating or, or put put new sand in to hold it all together. Um, right. You're out now, Gonquin. Um, yep. You know what? Uh, call my friend Joe Polina at Tommy Polina Landscaping because they do a lot of. Okay. Brick paving work, Tommy Polina Landscaping. You can look that up, and they might be able yep. to help you. All right. Well, thank you very much, Lou. Have a good day. Appreciate you calling this morning. 857 Lou. 857-557-4568 is our phone number. This is Elena in Wheeling. Hi, Elena. Oh, hi, Lou. Happy Father's Day to everyone there. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Thank you so much. 
Lou, I, I'm sorry to bother you with this question again, but I'm a little bit nervous. I want to be placed my entry door into my um, my coach home, my condominium, and I, I'm not getting any responses from people I've caught. I got one gentleman who came over, and he wants $3,300. Is that reasonable? To replace the entry door in... To my unit? So it's yeah. an interior door. Yeah, it's an interior door. It leads out into the hallway. Okay. You know, and, it's the, and are the there, entry door into my unit. And are there any requirements in your building? Like, does that have to be a fire door or something like that? No, there are no requirements. You're sure? You know, he, he wants... It's it's a fiberglass door, you know, with the foam insulation. Mm-hmm. And the locks and the trim and all that comes out. I guess it's he orders it from the factory and it comes in as a package. Mm-hmm. I mean, thirty-two hundred dollars seemed like an awfully lot to me. Well, I and mean, I haven't been able to get my the other ones to respond to my cause. I, oh. I don't know if they just don't like doing this sort of thing. Well, I mean, the the challenge right now, Elena, is it really is hard to find people to do this kind of work and. Um, the the fact of the matter is a good quality fiberglass door entry door you know the cost of that door is probably around i mean it it depends on style and whatnot but it's that door is probably two thousand dollars okay and then you've got another you know thousand fifteen hundred dollars in i gotta come i gotta take the old door out i gotta you know a couple of guys and it's you can easily get to fifteen hundred dollars to install it um, in something like that. Could you buy a lesser uh, door? Sure. I mean, you know the the fact that you're it's a in it's basically an interior door, right? It isn't. You don't necessarily need all this insulation qual uh, uh, you know factor because I would imagine the hallways heated. Yes, but I want it to be a little as, as soundproof as possible because a lot, a lot of noise sometimes goes on in the so, hallway. Right. So even though there's only four units in sure, my building, sure. So there, so we're all kind of noisy. With a with a entry door like that, you would get that. So you know because of the thickness of the door and whatnot. So I mean, you would get that. But the question is, is it that much better than just a high quality interior door that you put a deadbolt on? You know what I mean? In other words. In the sake of my argument, if the door itself costs two thousand dollars, okay, the entry door, and then I go buy a really okay. good interior door and I can buy that for a thousand or less, is the sound attenuation that much better for an extra thousand bucks? I would I would say that if the door is insulated well, um, you know, you may you may it may be even money. and But your biggest problem is finding people to call you back. Yes. And do you have anybody who does this kind of thing to you? Would you recommend Have anything? we Have we uh, spoken at all about this before? I can't remember if I've given you any names or not. No, you didn't give me any names of anyone. Okay. I just asked so a you um, a couple, what, I should go for a fiberglass or wood. You okay. said fiberglass. All right. So a couple people that I would call to see if they could help you. Cobblestone Remodeling in Chicago. Okay. Cobblestone remodeling. I believe the number I believe the number is seven seven three six six one. Seven seven three six cobblestone remodeling. Remember your list of things? Seven seven three six six one. Come on. Help me out. 
Who's helping me? Cobblestone remodeling. She's there. She's on it. You sing. 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 I'll sing Just... a song. Make it happy to last the whole life long. I'm sorry. Lou, I have a number for you. Can Don't you stop worry singing, if it's not. Wait, now I'm going to finish the song. Good, good enough. enough. Come on, come on. For anyone else to sing here, just sing. Sing a song. See, Elena and I are together. That isn't that. Is that from Sesame Street, right? Oh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think that is from Sesame Street. That's Bert and Ernie. Sing a song. Mm -hmm. Come on, Elena. Make it happy. There we go. We're just, Elena and I are just going to make bad times so much fun. Don't worry if it's not good enough for anyone else to say here. Right. Just sing. Sing a song. I'm sorry. Were you talking, Lindsay? What's the phone number? You guys are really cute. I know. What's the phone number? 773-661-0606. Hey, you don't, you don't need me. I, I know. I just here. remembered it. Okay, so that's Cobblestone Remodeling. The other one is Gilkey. Oh, did you give me the phone number? 773-661-0606. And then Gilkey is 888-3-G-I-L-K-E-Y. Okay. Get two estimates. So you, you don't think that's unreasonable what he asked them, I right? Think, I think you're right in the ballpark. Okay. Okay. I was really surprised. I, thought, I know. Wow, I think I'm getting the high end of the deal. Well, here's the other thing, too. Everything is more expensive now. I mean, the materials and stuff are just more expensive. And, and quite frankly, everybody's making more money now, too. I mean, it's, you know, it's like we, we, we all want to make more money. Right? I mean, in any job that we have, we're like, oh, I'm worth more. I should have paid more. Well, the same is true for everybody else working. And so, you know, that, you know, a, a rising tide raises all boats. Okay. All right. I guess I, those cliches are, are killing me, but that's the way. I know. Okay. At oh, the en- Elena, Elena, at the end of the day, you want a high quality door installed the right way by people that know what they're doing right yes i'm afraid to use mine i think it's going to fall off any day now. right but my point oh. is is that you know you're going to go find some guy you know or lady driving around in a pickup truck says oh yeah I'll put that door in for a thousand bucks and then it's a piece of you know what well that's not worth it yeah and this fellow's been around for almost 40 years oh and so. I, i'm not i'm not and i'm not doubting that guy no. but maybe you just you, so that you can make a decision and have the peace of mind to know that you're paying the right amount, get a couple estimates, and then you decide whom you want to work with. Okay, I don't see. I can't get any more estimates. Nobody else seems to call. If they don't return my calls. Call these. Call these. Schedule. Call these. Call these two people, and they should call you back. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time, Lou. I really appreciate it. Thanks thank for you everyone over there again. Happy Father's Day and, and, and happy birthday to your wife. Thank you. And thank you for singing with me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it made me feel a little better. Thank you. You're welcome. That's what I'll do. When people don't like the advice that I give, I'll just start singing. <laughs> and we'll duet. We'll just do a duet with everybody. Come on. I know you feel bad. Really, just start singing with me. And we'll do songs from Sesame Street in the 60s. You didn't even know that song. You don't know that song? I knew the rubber ducky part. Or yeah. One. Well, the, that's a, I'm pretty sure that's a it's an Ernie song. He was so cute. This is uh, Vivian in Deerfield. Hi, Vivian. You're on House Smarts Radio. Oh, hi. Good morning, Lou. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, um, 
I've heard you talk in the past about draining hot water heaters, and uh, unfortunately, we have not done it. We have a hot water heater at our home in Deerfield that's about 10 years old, yep. in, and we also have one at a cottage that works off well water. That one's fairly new. It's only about two years old. So the 10-year-old one, is it too late to drain it? Will that be more harmful than do good? It, it won't. And the other one, I suppose we can do that now because it's only two years old. Yeah, it's so. not. It's not. It's not going to be. It isn't going to be harmful to do the ten-year-old tank, but um, it isn't going to benefit you that much because yeah. I. I don't. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, in other words, if you go drain the one uh, that's ten years old, you may get a little bit of sediment out there, but. The real thing when it comes to draining uh, uh, water heaters with tanks, you got to do it right away. So you install it six months later, drain it every six months, you know, a little. And you don't have to drain the whole thing. You're just trying to get a little bit of the sediment out of the bottom. So you're taking, you know, a gallon of water out of it. That's it. But I don't know that you'll benefit. You're not going to increase the life of the water tank the 10-year-old one by just starting now. On the new one, you know, if you do that once a year, twice a year, pull a gallon out of that thing, no no harm, no foul, and that's a, a benefit to you. And in particular with a, with well water that can have a lot of mineral deposits and things like that, you, you'll probably benefit even more doing it with something like that. Yeah. Okay. Can, I have one other quick question about that uh, well water, hot water heater. We cannot get a a water softener unit put in because we don't have room in our pump room. So we're stuck with the water the way it is. And it really stinks. (laughs) When they put that hot water heater in, um, the the installers came out twice to try and figure out what the smell was. And they thought it was from that iode rod or something. Right, right. So they they took the rod out. I, is there anything else we can do? We know it's just—it's not harmful the bacteria, but it just stinks. You know? Well, two things. The minute so you know the thing is when they took that rod out, they probably voided the warranty unless they put a different rod back in. Well, they—they they told me that would be a problem. This is a neighbor's plumbing company. Got it. Okay. They said, Don't worry. Okay. Um, I mean. Without a softener or a filter, I mean, could you do a whole house filter? Is well, there where room? Where that go? Where's, where does the water line come in? Oh, it's in, in a little uh, pump room right um, at the entrance of the house. Okay. So in, in that, where the valve is for that, if you can't do a softener, then then I would consider like a whole house canister filter that would come from the well to where your valve is, and then that whole house canister filter would go there and filter all the water that came into the home before it went to any other fixtures, including the garden hoses. Well, well, uh, we do have, I think I know what you're talking about. We do have a filter that's a, a, a like a I don't know it's about a gallon size or something and we have to change the white filter uh, things inside and okay do that every six months okay well if you if you yeah and if you already have that then within those filters that you use uh, 
there are different grades of filters. Maybe what you do uh-huh. is change the filter and go to the best one they make and see if that makes a difference. Okay. There's like That's a good there's good. like a good better best and I will tell you with the best it filters out most of the contaminants but you have to change it more often. Yeah. Well, that, that's okay because my poor little grandsons are really grossed out at the, at mm. the smell. So, right, right. Yeah. Well, get, yeah. maybe try it's, that Try yeah. that, and see if that makes a difference. Okay. That's terrific. Thanks, Lou, so much. You're so welcome. I appreciate you calling. Anyone available, come on and join us. It's a fun time. 857-557-4LOU, 857 857- Five five seven four five six eight is our phone number and our text line. Lindsay's got some text messages this morning to read. I sure do. First one, Lou. <laughs> uh, I have a fiberglass front door with gel stain. Oh, see, all these people are texting for the dad contest. Yep. And they're Omar one. I have a fiberglass front door with a gel stain. What is the process to re-gel the door? Door faces southeast. I really don't like the gel stain, and I know the fiberglass people love the gel stain, but if you want to redo it, um, there's a couple ways to go. You could try using Howard's Restore Finish in the neutral and double zero steel wool. Put it in a container, rub the door down, and kind of basically take the gel stain off, and this, a little bit of the stain will come off as well. Then lightly sand the door and then restain it. And you can use the uh, gel and um, go from there, um, the gel stain. Or you can stain it, then use a polyurethane over the top of that, which is what I should do. By the way, our Just Text Me segment is actually sponsored by ComEd, Powering Lives. What about a little, little something for... Comed. Thank you, Comed. Powering lives. We love that, our Just Text Me segment. How about a couple more text messages as you're digging away there? I know you're scrolling Luke. through all the people who want to win something. Well, I'm, like, talking to your peeps now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lou, can you quickly tell us how you beat the house ants? It's a problem, and I think that part of the issue is it's been so dry, they're coming into the house for the moisture. And so it is a, there's a bunch of approaches, and this is what I want you to really think about. This is how, how I've, I'm still battling them at our house as well, and they're looking for anything sweet. As a matter of fact, listen to this. This will gross you out. We had ants in the bathtub. And I cleaned it all out and I, you know, vacuumed what I thought was doing. You know where they were? They were behind a shampoo bottle that had like um, coconut in it. And I think that they were somehow the residue. You know how in a shampoo bottle, if you pour shampoo, it drips down the side of the bottle? That's where they were congregating. So anyway, that's, I want you to do a perimeter around the house of an ant bait like a tarot or a bonide, and sprinkle it around the perimeter of your home. A lot of that stuff activates with water, in particular the bonide one, the Revenge product. You sprinkle it around the perimeter of your home, hit it with a hose just real quick. You don't have to soak it, just get it wet. And that's a food source, so we're drawing the ants outside to eat. 
on the inside, you can either use um, you can either use the um, bait traps, you know, that are uh, the ones where they come in and get bait, combat or tarot. I like that one inside. Or there is a product by Bear called Home Defense that's really um, effective and does a nice job. So uh, that can work really well. How about one more? One more. I just sent you a picture. Oh, These yeah. are of this gentleman's or ladies uh, kitchen drawer. Yeah. The drawers are about 39 years old. I had them resurfaced about 10 years ago. They're beginning to separate. I don't know if wood glue would work. There's so many. I need your help, please. So it's a picture of the door, of the drawer, rather, side, and the drawer itself, and then the face of the cabinet is drilled to the surface of the wood underneath. Uh, what was that lady's name? Is her name? Um, Just Pat. a texter. Pat. We're going to call her Pat. Pat, because it could be man or woman. Pat or Chris. What's another name that could go? Chris, Pat. Um, oh. What's another? Julian. Um, no, not Julian. Uh, no. What would be another name that would be like, what do you call that? Corey. Corey? Corey. Quinn? Quinn? Quinn. A, Quinn could be a boy or girl. What's another name? Um, Chris. Pat. Not Corey. Terry. <laughs> Terry. Terry could be a man or a woman. What's another one? One more. Come on. Why are you? Um, Renee. Ryan. Renee. No. Yes. Sydney. Sydney, see, you're coming up with all of them. There we go. What's what are we calling this person? Pat. Okay, Pat, you're gonna have to take the cover. So the door that's over the drawer body itself has to come off. So you should see some screws behind that front piece of wood that's holding that in place. Then where that front panel is going into that side wood, you're gonna buy what's called trim screws. They're very narrow. They have a very narrow head, and they're self-tapping. And I would put some wood glue, but I would also use the screws to mechanically draw the face of that cabinet back together, allow the glue to dry 24 hours before you put the drawer front back on. So this may be a process. You may do two or three of them, let them you know dry overnight, then put the, the uh, drawer faces back on, the face of it, but it's a combination of the wood glue and the trim screws with the small head going in there to uh, plug it in there. 857-557-4LU is our phone number, 857-557-4568. The caller I'm going to's name is, because I have a picture in my way. Uh, This is Ken in Carroll Stream. Hey, Ken, good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Oh yeah, hi. Well, uh, I'm a I'm a longtime listener and a first time caller. Um, you know what I uh, I, I ran into a, a person the other day. This is my new line, by the way. When I uh, when I meet people yeah. and they say they'll say like you, you'll you'll say, "Hey Ken, I'm a I'm a big fan." Ken will say, "I'm a big fan," and I'll say to Ken, "You're not that big. Oh. <laughs> You're kind of average size, right?" So that's kind of a nice little thing. How, how may I help you, Ken? <laughs> uh, yeah, Lou. Um... <laughs> I'm having uh, trouble with my uh, garage floor. It's like it's you know it's like all pivoted. You know I I clean it, but you know it's pivoted and it's starting to come up. You know the the concrete's coming up. Um, who would uh, you mean? Who it's would, uh, you mean co- coming up, meaning like it's 
uneven or when you look at it, you're like, I need to replace this floor? Yes, yes, I need to replace the, the floor, you know, because of the, because of the salt. Yeah. Um, uh, who would you refer? Who would you refer for me to? Uh, uh, t- uh, you know that uh, I would uh, take care of it. I would go to uh, Andreas Construction because they are oh, okay. they yeah. so they do uh, they do um, they do uh, you know concrete and uh, asphalt, and they could come in, break out the whole floor, and uh, and go from there. You want me to give you that phone number? Uh, yes. Uh, would they put a sealant on that? Since uh, I don't know how much that would be, would a would a sealant be? If it, you know, if if it costs a little bit too much, would a sealant be uh, for the second uh, option? I mean, they they may do. Uh, you know, depending on the condition of it. If you said that there's areas that are coming up, I mean, they may be able to scour it and put a, a um, put a. Um, like a skim coat over the top of it. But I got to tell you with that, the issue is long-term where we live, Uh it's not going to last. Right, right, right. Okay. Here's the phone number. You want the phone number? You got, you got the phone Uh, number? You need it. uh, Seven. Uh, No, I'm going to need it. I'm going to need it. All right. 708-863. Okay. Fifty-seven thirty-five. Okay, Lou. All right. Oh, okay, thanks, Lou. You got it. I appreciate you calling this morning. How may I help you this morning? How's your knee doing? My knee is great. I was just dancing. You couldn't see it because this is radio, but I am. <laughs> I am. Can I tell you something? I am a spokesperson. Sure. I am a spokesperson for the new knee. You know, people are like, oh, you know, okay. surgery. You don't want to get surgery. Ba 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 ba. But I am in. The pain that I had before currently is replaced by stiffness, you know, because I'm still working through there, yes. but I right. feel like a million dollars. Oh, that's good. Glad yeah. to hear it. Glad Thank to you. Hear it. How's your, how are, how are your knee? How are your knees? You don't want to know the story. Oh no. <laughs> Too long. Really? It's okay. I got a guy. Yeah, I got a guy. Now I can say that. I got a guy. Yeah. I got a surgeon. Yeah, I have a surgeon. I- I'll just tell you in a nutshell, I had my knee replaced and then a month later I was doing awesome rehabbing. I didn't need any assistive device for walking and I was doing amazing. And I went to Target and it was raining and I walked in and I went to the turn left to go to the bathroom and slipped and fell. And I did a damage to oh, whatever, no. patella blah, blah, blah. And I had to be in a full leg cast for eight weeks and blah, blah, blah. What were All you, right. What, All right. Wait, so, wait, 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 wait. What, what were you going to Target for? Uh. I don't even remember. See, you don't even remember, right? Yeah, right. You should now. Now you should just do the delivery. (laughs) (laughs) How can I help you? I had to. Okay, so um, my husband and I um, we purchased this home six years ago, and the lower outside, the outdoor patio is concrete. They had stained it, the previous owners, and that stain was all worn off. And he wanted to. Uh, my husband wanted to make it look good again. So mm-hmm. he basically power. It's a very large area. Part is open to the sun and then part is under a deck. And so it doesn't, it's not, um, the sun doesn't shine on that. So anyway, um, he, and the, in a nutshell, the part that's under the sun looks terrible. And this was only a couple of years ago that he did this after he stained it. And the part that's 
under the desk looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. So um, he used, he power washed it first, and he waited like a week or whatever for it to thoroughly dry. He basically bought a Menards concrete stain and tried to match it up, whatever color it was before. And then he used a sprayer to spray it, and then he rolled it. Um, basically, that's and now it looks terrible. You can see the concrete. Mostly, mostly concrete at this point on the side that is sun, you know. So, okay. So all the work that he did, you're saying that the stain that he put in just didn't have an effect. You're still seeing like the concrete. Yeah, it, it did look really nice for about a year. And now you can mostly, you can still see the stain color where it's exposed to the sunlight. Mm-hmm. But it's, I would say the majority of it is the concrete. Okay. I don't think it looks that bad, but he doesn't like it. So. Right. Um, so I think that what has to happen at this point is we gotta, you're, you're going to have to use some sort of stripper into the concrete to loosen up the stain that you have. The problem with stain is it's absorbed into the concrete. And so... Right. The darker portion that's under, you know, the awning type of area, it's going to be very difficult to lighten that up. And the only way to blend it is to go with a darker colored stain. Uh-huh. Well, then you have this dark concrete, which I don't necessarily know that you like or you want. And um, it, it's just concrete. It's not stamped. It's not anything like that. No, it's not. It's got, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's got rough. It's rough. It's rough. It's rough. He said, yeah, it, I guess. It's not stamped, but it's got. It's not stamped, but it has texture, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, but it's sound, right? Yes. Yes. So, one thing that you could try, this is even more work, but what you could do, is you could rent a oscillating sander and aggressively take off the top layer of the concrete to create a very um, consistent but more of a it'll be it'll be more of a rough surface but you're exposing the aggregate and then you're going to take you're going to have this new kind of uniform finish and possibly take most of the stain off but you're going to have to mm-hmm. test this in a spot i'm i'm just trying to get you to a consistent look then what you're going to do right. then what you're going to do is you, you're going to put a stain that gets absorbed into that first really deep to get a consistent color and then you're going to seal it with a sealer over the top not a sealer that's shiny but a it's going to seal all the stain into the concrete already, and that's a product called Bone Dry. But this is a lot of work okay. to get a consistent look, and you have to you have to buy into the new look that the concrete's going to have, which will be like anti-slip, but it'll be a little it'll be rougher, but it'll be smooth, but it'll allow the stain to get absorbed, and then the sealer will lock that stain in. And probably give it nice, consistent look for you, but you have to test it to see if it's going to work. Right, right. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, take the half. He's here. Let's see. Take the half that is 
half is good, the other half is not good. Can I just do the half? Doesn't have to be perfect, then just do the half. I think he's trying to make no. You, you could do you yeah. could do the half, but the problem is that the texture would be different, and I don't think you would like that. And so that's the problem with you need to with a consistent with the sanding of it, you'll get um you'll get a consistent uh look from a texture and then stain it all and it should match, and then you put that sealer on top. I mean, it's uh, this is a, it's a problem once you stain because once you stain, it's hard to go back. And the fact that you've got an area where you've got some sun and no sun, uh, you know, that's where the inconsistency comes in, and uh, it causes a problem. Uh, Jill and husband, I appreciate the phone call. I am just bumping up against time. That is our last call this morning. 